This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello everybody and welcome to the latest Liverpool Blood Red podcast with me, Ian Doyle. Joining me today is our full-time Liverpool correspondent, home and away, James Pearce. What are you doing? Just playing with my microphone. <laughs> Hello James. Hello Ian, how are you? I'm okay, yourself? Not too bad, thank you. Uh, also, it's the tallest member of the sports desk, Paul Gorst. Hello, hello Ian. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, yeah. Excellent. Yeah. And for the second podcast running, we're saying hello to a new member of the Echo Sports team. It's Kiva O'Neill. Hello. Hello. But this is not your first time on this, though, is it? No, it's not. Yes, first be- time as uh, on the sports. As a fully-fledged <laughs> member of the team. Yeah. yeah, we've lost Christian and gained Sean and Kiva, so yeah. there you go. Right. It's now, like losing Thiago Alori and signing Van Dyke. <laughs> I'm glad you said that and not me. (laughs) (laughs) Right, James, there hasn't been a game this week, as we know to our internal pain of having to fill our spikes on the websites. Anyway, there has been some stuff happening over, certainly today. Uh, First things first, Sadio Mane's done an interview in World Soccer in which he's spoken a a bit about his contract situation at Liverpool, why he was always confident he was going to sign it, addresses slightly the Real Madrid rumours by not really talking about them, and also sending out a bit of a warning to the rest of the Premier League that he believes that himself, Mo Salah and Roberto Firmino are going to get even better between now and the end of the season. Yeah, well, I think he's, he's spot on on that final one because I think not just from now to the end of the season, but you know, I think the big excitement about those three and getting them tied down to those new contracts, and obviously Sadio was part of that. Was you know the age of them, the the fact that Liverpool know that they've secured their services for the absolute peak years of their careers, and you know they've had a magnificent last probably eighteen months as a as a trio. When you think about what they did last season and the first half of, of this season. Um but yeah, it's just mouthwatering what they could what they could go on and, and achieve and you know keeping keeping those has certainly been, you know, some of the best business Liverpool have done um in in kind of the modern era of the of the, of the club because you know, it's happened far too often, hasn't it? In the last 10, 15 years, especially when Liverpool have, have had players of that calibre, they haven't been able to, you know, to, to show the ambition required to, to match those players' ambition and they've they've decided to go off elsewhere. But um, no, it was it was good to hear that from Sadio Mane. I think, you know, yeah, that tr- contract situation of his dragged on, but I always got the impression from Liverpool that they thought it was only a matter of, of when, not if, that he signed it and and certainly Sadio's back that, back that up. Ghost, do you ever worried that he might not sign? You know, judging from his comments, he basically said, you know, calm down to everybody else, I'm going to sign it and then he did. Yeah, no, I, I agree with James. I was never particularly worried about, about it dragging on or maybe he wasn't going to sign it and then when he, he finally did get it get it done in, what was it, the end of November, was it? Mm. Um, it was basically just, just what I, I'd expected um, following on from Firmino in the April, I think, and then uh, Salah in, in June. Um, three of the you know combined the form one of the best front lines in European football don't they so it was so important for the people to get them tied down for the next you know five years each and uh, they're all quite young as well aren't they they're all entering the prime of their careers and um, as James says it's mouthwatering for what, what they can bring to the pool for the next few years Kiva, in the summer when the rumour started swirling about Real Madrid looking at Sadio Mane were you, were you in any way worried that he might get his head turned a little bit because Real Madrid are quite a big team of course, Real Madrid coming for you. Your head is going to turn, obviously. But with these three in particular, Manny, you never really get that feeling where we've had it in the past with other players like Suarez and more recently Coutinho when you sort of knew that they were going to go, you had that feeling. And um, With these players, it's like you sort of don't get that feeling, which is a good thing. I don't know. What, it's whether they sort of, you know, go about the business quietly and stuff, obviously, with the contracts. But 
Um, yeah, it's just, it's so refreshing to hear him, especially say, like, you know, we're only going to get better, as if they aren't good enough already, you know, like, this kind of keep striving. And as I say, I think it's so nice to have players. I mean, someone could come in like Real Madrid tomorrow and just, you know, buy one of them, of course, but you just don't get the feeling that that's going to happen. I mean, James Liverpool are top of the Premier League by four points with the best start ever and got to the Champions League final last time around so if ever there's a, ever there's a time where they're going to be able to keep hold of the players it's now isn't it? Yeah because there's two things isn't there I think that you know all players you know look for and are motivated by one more than more than the other for, for some of them and that's you know money and success and um, for too long Liverpool didn't really offer either of those to absolute elite level players there was always that danger that they could go off elsewhere and earn um, you know, much greater sums of money, and you, know, you only have to look at you know the, the lack of silverware um, to, to, to say that you know they you can understand why a, you know a Coutinho or a, a Suarez and before that a, a Zabi Alonso um, and a Mascherano wanted to to move on. But yeah, if you're those players now, Liverpool are now in a position where the club's on such a sound footing financially that they're you know they're offering wages of not far off two hundred thousand pound a week. You know these are like these are elite level salaries for elite level players, and they're in a team which, as you said, is competing for the biggest prizes that there are in football. So you know it would it would be odd if anyone would want to leave Liverpool um, at the moment with with Jurgen Klopp in charge because you know you'd you'd almost be scratching your head wondering what exactly it is that motivates them because I think they're the two biggest things and Liverpool are ticking both those boxes. Are there any contracts outstanding that you'd like to see signed up soon? I'm trying to think of whether there Moreno? is anybody. Yeah. Is he a worry for you, Paul? Milner, yeah. Milner, yeah. Milner's just Wijnaldum, It would have been Robertson, wouldn't it, up until till last week, when obviously <clears throat> he became the latest to sign the deal. But yeah, Wijnaldum's probably, probably the next one. Van Dijk. <laughs> just, just, yeah, to reward him for his excellent year, twenty-year contract. <laughs> yeah, were, you were you being serious about Milner? Yeah, give him another. Runs out, doesn't it? This summer, is it? Yeah. No, it's the next. One, 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 yeah, one, oh, one, yeah, one, yeah. yeah. Oh, well, we're all right then. We'll worry about yeah. that next year. He'll be about forty by then, so he should yeah, be okay. Be now, now, James, we'll talk a little bit about uh, news from Turkey or not news from Turkey, depending on which way you want to look at it. Liverpool have been linked with, I can't remember his first name. <laughs> it's, I can't even pronounce his first name. Let alone remember it. Omer, is it? Is it Omer? Omer? That's his surname. I know Omer, that. Yeah. Is it Omer? Are we saying his surname is that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I agree. I agree. <laughs> where, where, where have you just said? <laughs> the highest professional standards. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 The Turkish Messi. The Turkish Messi. How many, by the way, how many, we've got the Egyptian Messi, which is... Which is Salah. Yeah. There was the Iranian Messi, the Alpine, the Alpine Messi, Messi, which is Shakiri. The Iranian Messi, Messi which was, um, he's the one who plays at Aksun or Azun, who plays yeah, for, yeah, yeah. for Sada Azun. Yeah. Um, there's the Bath Messi, which is obviously is James. <laughs> <laughs> the real Messi. Yeah, there's, there's the actual Messi. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's really the Bath Messi. Uh, anyway, wait, wait, wait. Oh yeah, so basically these reports out of Turkey say Liverpool have shook hands yeah. on a 20 million euro deal for the 19-year-old playmaker. Yeah. The, the, the I Turkish... read your stuff you see, it's just stuck in my head. <laughs> <laughs> the, the Turkish media do love a flyer, don't they? I think there's been... They don't even go. They for don't the, go for flyers. They just go for this. Is these, these statements of fact, and then the next yeah. day they're like, "Yeah, well, we got you it just wrong." Think if you weren't, you think you know, maybe you'd, you'd get away with they've shown interest in mm. someone or they've been scouting them, but they yeah, they went full on. 
they've shook hands on a 20 million euros deal. Um, but who's not Trabzon Sport he plays for? Well, they said is it Trabzon Sport shook hands with themselves? We will sell him for 20 million, yeah. He, um, and they, they said that I think my favorite line in the reports was it said that uh, Trabzon Sport decided not to announce the deal <laughs> because they didn't want to upset their fans, so we're going to do it instead. So we're going to do it instead, <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 Um, so yeah, it's just it's that that time of year again isn't it so will you be glad when Thursday what, what yeah. time is it 11 o'clock 11 or 5 is it 11 yeah. oh, it's been 11. quite nice. I've actually, I'd actually forgotten over the last week the transfer window was even still open because it's been so quiet for Liverpool well, it, but it's not well, just now Liverpool. on James every every tweet you send it'll be five. <laughs> <Yeah>. announce announce <laughs> <laughs> so yeah I think certainly from who I've spoken to at Liverpool today you can you can certainly discount uh, that one Omer or whatever his name is the um <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's no, his I surname. Don't, I don't That's think we'll surname. be seeing him. The 19-year-old Turkish playmaker. Yeah. That's how we're going to refer to from now on. Yeah. Gorsty, you looking forward to Thursday, 11 o'clock, 11.01? Yeah, I am, but to be fair, it's been quite gentle, hasn't it, the last few weeks? Because I think any, I think most people knew Liverpool weren't serious about bringing anyone in. <clears throat> there was maybe one or two who thought it when there was a couple of injuries, but by and large, it hasn't been as chaotic and as frustrating as previous windows which is always a, a blessing because I can't stand it I don't know how James feels but it annoys me never mind him <laughs> does the transfer window annoy you? Uh, a little bit I mean when you want I don't know it's it's a good I'll ask you a better question yeah. shall I do you think do you think that Jurgen Klopp <clears throat> has maybe pardon you Paul excuse me yeah, has maybe missed a trick if he doesn't sign somebody I think the fans always want you to sign someone you know there's always that like need and want and like you know there's always an ounce someone there's always someone we link with and someone that you know the fans want but um, I don't know because in the transfer market as a whole we saw in the summer like the craziness of it where this has been kind of like just sort of collapsed and been really quiet like no one's done a lot have they no, so I feel no. like that sort of transcended into like us Liverpool and like the Premier League in general it's been really quiet I mean, even the clubs that are at the, the lower end of the table or the clubs that are fighting for you know, survival, that kind of thing, they don't seem to be making many deals either, do they? It's like nobody wants to sell anybody for whatever reason. Yeah, I don't, it does seem ridiculously quiet, doesn't it? Yeah, you're, you're right. Even like usually at the bottom end, you, you see a bit of panic buying, don't you? And just because it, and I'm surprised really because obviously there's so much money at stake from staying in the Premier League. Well, do you think that maybe having all that money is making teams just keep hold of their players rather than sell them? Because they don't have to sell them for money anymore, really, do they? Unless you're Newcastle. Yeah, but then I'm, I'm a bit surprised that, you know, those who are in serious danger of going down, what, you, know, you know, why they're not. Well, maybe, you, you thought they might have well, been having well, a go look, in terms of look, bringing in players. You look at Huddersfield, and they're clearly just preparing for next season because they think they've gone. Yeah, well, that was what I was thinking about. But that, I always think that's a bit, bit strange, though, with Huddersfield. I don't, I don't, no expert on their finances, but you think it feels like you wouldn't have to spend a huge amount of money because the, the bottom five or six in the Premier League are that bad. But, but Huddersfield are significantly worse than the rest of them. They are. I don't, I don't, I don't know. Well, maybe they, they, they don't well, score goals. That's a problem. Well, they, they, that's it. Maybe they think they've got somebody they can get next season who can get them back up because mm. they'll have the parachute payments, won't they? Glenn Murray or something like that. Well, yeah, he'd do a job, wouldn't he? Then again, why would he want to drop down unless Brighton have just decided to cut him loose? He's old, don't he? There's nothing wrong with being old. <laughs> Gorst, did you, are you surprised at the complete lack of interest in this transfer window? I am, yeah, but I, I think it's quite sensible. I think Chelsea have obviously tried to rectify their weaknesses only by signing Higuain on loan I think that could prove to be a decent little move for them but I think by and large it, it, it is strange because 
previous January's, you know, you've known have some outrageous deals, haven't you? Like, but look at Liverpool last year, got yeah. rid of Coutinho and bought Van Dijk. And that was in the first few days. Chelsea bought Torres and Liverpool bought Suarez and Carroll and there have been some huge deals in January, but I'm all for keeping all the main business to the summer when, when it, you know, that's when it matters, I think. I think the middle of January, it's just some teams just seem to be doing it for the sake of it. Um, so I'm glad that it's been a quiet month. Do you I mean, think there should just be one? Like the summer? No, I can see why they do it. I can see why they do it. Does anybody disagree with me on that one? Would you just get rid of the January transfer window? I'd have a strong You seem massively disinterested yeah. in this, in this just, don't you? You no, no, don't way. have a strong opinion. You'd like I, to I think it like... de- de- depends on, on each club, doesn't it? You know, you get a different answer from each, each manager in the Premier League, I think. I mean, the other thing as well is that because it's Thursday... They're all playing on Tuesday and Wednesday, so maybe they're just waiting until after they've played their games on Wednesday, see how they, they all lie, and then they're going to make all the moves on Thursday. Because if you remember last year, I think they were playing games, weren't they? On the, on the transfer deadline. They were deadline, Chelsea yeah. on transfer yeah. deadline, though, yeah. 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 And so there was a, a bit of hoo-ha about that. I think that does usually happen, because usually you'll see someone who's going to sign for the team, and they'll be like up in the stands, won't they? And it'll like pan to them, but... Yeah, just it's all quiet on the uh, transfer front, isn't it? Remember that time Harry Redknapp actually missed the game as Tottenham manager so he could go and scout someone or sign someone? That was a bit weird. He loved it, didn't he? Um, yeah. Hanging out the car window. Yeah. Whatever, whatever happens to Harry Redknapp. <laughs> <laughs> the one transfer that will not affect Liverpool, though, is um, Thiago Ilori. Uh He's leaving Reading for... Sporting, Sporting Lisbon, Lisbon yeah. where, where, where Liverpool signed him for. Was it yeah. three and a half million rising to seven? But it was never got anywhere near seven, has it? Because he needed all these appearances he made about. How many was it? Four? Three? Three. Was that three? Yeah. yeah. I think I saw nearly all of them. One of them was Exeter, wasn't Exeter it? And was West Ham in the FA Cup, yeah. 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 So, well, what's the story behind that? Because originally there was some suggestion that Liverpool might get a little bit of wedge for yeah, his move. Yeah, he was, in, he was in Portugal this weekend to have a medical and discuss personal terms with Sporting. Um, but yeah, understand at the moment the the deal that's been struck with Reading is 2.4 million euros so 2 million pounds and although Liverpool did negotiate a 25% sell-on clause it's 25% of any profit that Reading made they'd be entitled to and with Liverpool having sold him to Reading for I think it was three and a half um you know at the moment you know if, if, if those figures are all correct the ones that have come out of Portugal um, today and, and the one that Port- Liverpool gave themselves when they when they sold him to Reading in the first place two years ago, um, then yeah, Liverpool won't be getting a, a cut of that. Right, let's talk about fixtures. Now, obviously, everybody has to play each other twice, but the order in which they play makes a difference. Yeah. And certainly the order in which they play a game over the weekend makes a difference. Now, a lot of Liverpool fans are not very impressed with Sky's latest and BT's latest round of fixtures. They've changed games for, for televised purposes. And I think it works out that in eight of the next nine round of games, Liverpool go after Man City. And since they were announced, there's been another change where now City are playing because they've got to the League Cup final, they're playing Everton and thinking... 10 days or something like this. In fact, it's next week, isn't it? They're playing Everton next week, which means that they're going to be, they could have the points in the bag or they may not. I mean, do you see this as an advantage or a disadvantage to Liverpool or, or is it just, it doesn't matter, they've just got to play everybody no, it's, twice? it's definitely a disadvantage because I think if you look back to, was it a couple of weeks ago where Liverpool were having the chance to, to make it seven points or, you know, nine points or whatever it was and then basically throwing the ball back into City's court and saying, well, what can you do after this? I think, did he play, um, was it Crystal Palace, was it? Just just after Christmas, just before New Year, where um, Liverpool had won the day before, I think, at Arsenal. Um, and it was, a, as you say, it was like a throw down the corner to them. But now it's it's back in City's favour and Liverpool 
Liverpool will know what they, they'll have to do, which is obviously a bonus, but you just expecting that City are going to win these games, so puts more pressure on Liverpool to get a result, and it's definitely a disadvantage. Do you agree? I think the most tricky in this particular case, the trickiest thing with it is that um, City will play Everton and then, you know, you'd think that they'd win that game. You're gonna, you think that they're going to win every game pretty much, but um, then Liverpool play United, so that's that game after. So they'll be like ahead of us and then I think we play United. I think that's how it works out. So it's not like, you know, going to be a, an easy game. It's going to be like all... It all goes out the window, doesn't I it? I think that's right. When you play United. The, so. They play United on the... That's the weekend of the League Cup final, I think, which means that's... It's the game that they catch up with, yeah. I think. James, are you particularly bothered about when the order that they play them in? I mean, fans... Yeah. I mean, at this point, though, how many games left? 15. Yeah. So if it's not the next nine, then that's quite a lot of games for Liverpool to con- continually yeah. be going after Man City when the gap could be close to one or it could be if Liverpool lose... then they. they I think, could be I think ahead the thing or, is that there's going to be there's, there's massive pressure on every game now anyway so it's not like mm. Do you I, feel I, as though maybe Sky and BT are trying to drum it up in the case that they, if City were four points ahead of Liverpool City would be going second most of the time because Liverpool would be given the opportunity to close the gap because otherwise you're just having City would always be going massively massively ahead Yeah there's probably there is probably a bit of that um, but I, yeah I think obviously if City keep on winning then it is a disadvantage to Liverpool because I think it does crank things up that bit more but the other side of it is you know if City do slip up then then suddenly that eases it a little bit but I, I don't think it makes a massive difference in the grand scheme of things just because I think you know you, you think back to the Brighton and the Palace games and th- there's so much ride on every single mm. game now anyway like I think I think most Liverpool fans except the City are, pro- are highly likely to win the vast majority if not all of their games from now on you know you almost you know the, what, they scored 30 They've scored 30 goals and conceded one in seven games in January, City. Um, that one was Liverpool. Yeah. So when you, you know, when you think of the little, you know, that obviously they had those back-to-back defeats then they after around Christmas time. Um, so I, I, I think it's not ideal, and I think it probably will annoy Klopp a little bit. It'd be interesting to see if he bites, and I'm sure he's asked about it at, at Melwood on Tuesday. But at this stage of the season, with what Liverpool are going for, there's that much pressure on every single game anyway. You know, I don't think I don't. I certainly don't look upon that as being wow. That that could be like a real de- deciding factor. I mean, these aren't like the small advantages though. The sort of small details, you should say, that somehow sometimes decide which way the title's going to go one way or another. Because yeah, yeah. if you look at it, quite a lot of the smaller ones so far this season have gone Liverpool's favour. Yeah, and, and like you said, um, it does matter when you play certain teams. City played Arsenal at the beginning of the season when they were just getting used to Unai Emery, and they didn't really have. The, the style that he wanted to implement and City wiped the floor with Arsenal in the end. Then a few months down the line, when, when Arsenal were well into the stride, Liverpool played them and come up against the form team in the Premier League. And um, it was a great game and it just managed to come away with a one-all draw. So it, it does matter when you play in these teams. It's like Liverpool now going to Old Trafford, rejuvenated Manchester United, won the last nine after the under Solskjaer. Um, that's going to be completely different to when they played them in December when they were a team down and out under Mourinho. So... It, it, obviously, as you said there, you, you play everyone twice and it doesn't really matter, but it does. I mean, keeping that in mind, you look at, we mentioned before the Everton game, Everton now playing City in, what, next week. Everton have been on a dreadful run of form since Liverpool beat them. So if you're City, you're thinking, oh great, the game's been moved forward because if that had been moved you know, back another month, Everton could be banging form and City could be in a, in a, a load of games. 
get where, the, like you say about Arsenal when we played them stuff, and then obviously we we beat them, didn't we? When they they sort of fell out of form, I think it does matter when you play these teams like if Everton. Obviously, it, that could be their turning points again. Obviously, when they got beaten the derby, that seemed to be just a real blow for them, and they haven't seemed to pick up after that. But um, obviously, if they beat City, that'd be great, great help for Liverpool, wouldn't it? And uh, massive for their sort of getting them back on track. But yeah, that City will be going into every game, like James says, with the goals they've scored, and the teams who they're going to be playing are going to be looking going, oh my God, they scored that many goals in mm. that many games, and it would scare you. I don't think it. Maybe scared a player like Van Dyke, but you know, like other um, defenders will be thinking, oh, we've got a job today. Let's just try and you know keep them out for as long as possible. But it's kind of an uphill battle, isn't it? I think in their with their scoring form. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. I mean, City did have a good run of games recently, didn't they? I mean, I know they had to get to the semi-final of the League Cup, but they played Burton twice, scored 10. Played Burnley at home, second choice, string Burnley in the FA Cup. They played at Way Huddersfield. They played Wolves, they then had a player sent off almost straight away. And then who did they play in the FA Cup third round? Rotherham, I think it was at home or someone like that. And they so they just tonked them as well. I mean, in some ways, that has helped them regain their confidence, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think, I think and they've won all those games, haven't they, without really having to get out of second gear mm. they've just absolutely cruised through them and he's been able to to make changes and it's probably even benefited them those extra games because it's given players on the fringes we've seen De Bruyne play a bit more often you know Gabriel Jesus has kind of shown what an absolutely top quality kind of backup for Aguero he is um, so yeah I think it's only reaffirmed what anyone thought that I don't think City are going anywhere. You know, Liverpool, you certainly wouldn't swap positions because Liverpool have got the points on the board, but there's a hell of a lot of hard graft still ahead. Good news for Liverpool fans, though, about the West Ham game because if West Ham had drawn with Wimbledon in the Cup, that game would have been moved from next Monday to to Saturday, but obviously West Ham lost. Would have been Sunday. Oh, Sunday, sorry. Sunday, yeah. Sunday, yeah. yeah. But, you know, we've spoken about it in the past. It's stupid that they were even in this situation. You know, fans not knowing exactly when the game's going to be. What nine, eight days before it's getting played? Yeah, absolutely ridiculous. It just well, it just reinforces, doesn't it? Again, just how supporters are an absolute afterthought when it comes to you know the the Premier League and you know and the TV companies when they pick these games. They, you know, they, it just shouldn't be allowed. Things like that that it can get to what was it nine days before the fixture before fans can even think about making travel plans you know there's a huge difference between whether a game's going to kick off at midday on a Sunday or 8pm 8, 8 on a Monday night with getting time off work booking transport booking hotels um, but yeah I think I, I was, I'm glad it stayed as it is on the on the Monday night because get, a, get a night in, in yeah, London yeah. yeah we get a night yeah, in, in London, London. that's yeah, probably great. the main reason <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but no I just I, I just think it, it, in general as well it just gives it just gives you that extra bit of preparation time between between the Leicester and West Ham games and also at hate early kickoffs yeah. especially mid like midday on a sunday you know it would have been flat and you know and you know it would be it'll be a you know more it'll be a more lively environment 8 p.m. on a monday night and but yeah I'm, i th- i think that's worked in liverpool's favor the fact that that, that west ham you know that that result turned out the way it did and the game's not been moved Right, time to laugh at Tottenham, Gorsty. Uh, Mauricio Pochettino, he came out last week, a little bit of a dig at Klopp about the fact that Liverpool weren't in the two domestic cup tournaments and lo and behold, four days later, neither at Tottenham. Mm-hmm. I mean, 
does this underline Klopp was right with what he did or or you know, is it just one of those things? Would you rather be in Tottenham's position because they've only really got two or three injuries? But look at what's happened to their team in the meantime. Yeah, but it wasn't as if Liverpool deliberately went out of the cups, was it? They're, they're going to be they got beat by the finalists in the League Cup. They need Eden Hazard inspired coming off the bench and completely turning the game on its head. And then in the League Cup, eh, sorry, the FA Cup, they were a little bit hamstrung with a, a number of injuries. Weren't they? they had Keanu Hoover and Fabinho at centre back, Moreno at left back, and. Rafa Camacho at right back, so it wasn't as if Liverpool just threw the white towel in the the. Um, Sounds like they did a little bit for that team selection. <laughs> yeah, but it, it, that was just what was forced upon them, wasn't it, through injuries and so on. But um, I don't know. I think are people being a little bit harsh on Pochettino? I think they are. Yeah, actually, yeah. I think they are because they, they, oh, James disagrees there a little bit. I just thought he, he did pick a bit of a mad team yesterday, didn't he? He left, well, he left, he left Ericsson out, which was very yeah. Ericsson was yeah. a strange yeah. one. Because, you know, Pal- Palace are no mugs, aren't they? We well, saw Pal- that. Amp- it was the, it was the equivalent of Liverpool going to Wolves, wasn't it? A Premier League team away yeah. from home yeah. who would, would play a stronger team because they've got a bit more going on this, riding on this game. Yeah. Um, to, to me, I think it just, it just, like, we've said about it before, why why Tottenham are not serious title contenders is because they just haven't got the depth. They just, the, the you know, they, they, they've had, they have had bad luck, you'd have to say, you know, to lose Kane and Ali almost simultaneously like they have done um, they you know they just they haven't got you know the, the ability to cope with that and they were never going to be able to sustain the challenge on four fronts and it just shows you know if you if you don't if you if you don't think that you've got a squad capable of, of going all the way in the in the cups and being able to handle everything then you know you are better off doing what Klopp did at, at Wolves which was a so calculated so, gamble so are you suggesting then that Klopp believes he doesn't have the squad that, at the moment that can go for all four no because of the injury situation yeah. at that time he, he didn't you know he he felt as if he would have been taking a major risk with Liverpool's Premier League title hopes if he'd put four or five senior pros through another what he knew was going to be a pretty gruelling 90 minutes and and was prepared to take the risk that Liverpool would get knocked out and I think, I think to be honest, that night the, the Lovren injury killed Liverpool. I thought from the second he went off, you could have thought, of, you know, what was a young, inexperienced team, you know that, you know that ascend, it went out, it went out the window with that. But um, you know, obviously, you rewind a few weeks, Tottenham fans were laughing their heads off and saying they were competing on four fronts. Now, you know, they've lost arguably their two best players, been knocked out of two domestic cups, and they're facing another trophy this season. Kiva, do you find Tottenham funny or irrelevant? Or and also, I know Joe Rimmer's not here, and he would be screaming at me for asking this question. Are you happy that Liverpool went out of the FA Cup? Um, I wasn't too upset that we went out, if I can say it like that, because I don't think we're like Man City with the depth that they've got, and what you've seen over the past few games with the, in the cups. Obviously, Man City, it's helped them because they were in a bit of a sort of, you know, with the two two losses around Christmas time. And that sort of all these goals have helped them now. Sometimes it, it helps teams or it doesn't. And I feel like Liverpool, it might just have been, you know, we are focusing on the two things that we want the most. And obviously the league comes before any of that. So, you know, it was, it was a gamble to take. But like James said, it was sort of like one of them things, isn't it? With inexperienced players, you sort of like knew that we if we did do something then it'd be amazing we'd be praising these players we praise them anyway but you know to go out the cup I don't think was a, a big a big problem to our season because we've still got these two things to fight for I think Pochettino was 
a little bit silly to say that because then, you know, karma works in a funny way and now they're only fighting on the two fronts that we are and they're, you know, in a really bad place in terms of injuries and I think his son's still at the... No, he's back, he's back, he's back on Wednesday, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, his return will obviously be good but it does show their lack of depth when Kane and Ali aren't there. It just seems like you're sort of looking at them like, who are Tottenham almost? <laughs> no, like, questioning that because they're like... Kane is an absolute talisman and Ali is the same and obviously them being English players that only accentuates that um, but yeah I think it's a shame for Tottenham in a way because they've had such a good team the past few seasons but they've won nothing to sort of cement that into history so we'll always you'll, you'll never re, you'll remember it as a football fan but their fans will never be able to go remember when we won the League Cup or the FA Cup if they don't win it you know, and they obviously have been close in the Premier League the past few seasons, but yeah, they just haven't quite managed it. Is that a concern then for Liverpool that they become a team that doesn't get remembered? And is that exactly why Jurgen Klopp has put all his eggs in the league basket? Yeah, definitely, oh, 100%. Because I think, you know, it, you, you want to, I think Klopp's spoken about it a few times this season, and certainly the players have, that to be remembered forever you need you need you need you need to win things you can't it you it annoys me when people these days say is you know if Klopp is a failure or a fraud or whatever when yeah because he hasn't won anything because that's or or the idea that he has to win something this season and if he doesn't win something this season well then that you know that's it he's failed at Liverpool because you know that's ridiculous he didn't fail in the Champions League last season Liverpool exceeded all expectations and you look at the progress from where Liverpool were when he came into where they are now you know, you'd have to be an absolute idiot to, to claim anything other than that he's done a, an unbelievable job. There are a lot but, of idiots on social media, don't forget. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there are, yeah. Um, I've, I've, I've had contact with a few. Yeah. The, um, <laughs> the, that's just likewise, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and, and, yeah, so that's why these next few months are so big, because you don't get opportunities like this that often. I know, and Klopp, I asked him about this a couple of weeks ago and he was saying that the big thing with it was on the back of Andy Robertson side in his contract, him saying, you know, the age of these players and, and you know, when you add out, it's probably seven or eight players that have signed new deals in the last 12, 18 months saying that, you know, this is, we're building something for the next three, four, five years um, to keep these players here for the best days of their, their careers. This isn't a one-off this season. This isn't like if we don't grasp this chance, Liverpool slip back to being fourth or fifth or whatever. But, by the same token, he'll know, and those players aren't stupid. You know, Liverpool have never been in this; they've never had sixty points after twenty-three games of a of a top-flight league season before. This is like you know un- uncharted territory, and they've never had a better chance in the last twenty-nine years to to win the the the, uh, the title. So, um, yeah, this you know you you have to, you, and essentially you can still enjoy the ride. You, mm. you still and you'd have to be stupid to to define everything by trophies, but in terms of right in history then you know people you don't remember third and fourth place finishes do you and I think you know I remember speaking to Jamie Carrig about that years back and he would always say that, that that's one thing he hated about modern football the obsession with finishing third or fourth because he said you know those aren't the things you tell your grandkids about you know you, you think you remember you know, I spoke to Vladimir Smitsa last week about the, the Legends game that's come up at Anfield in March and just hearing him talk about the parade after Istanbul you know, nearly 14 years ago, and going about, you know, you know, he can't wait to. He's going to make sure he's in Liverpool. You know, if if Liverpool get the job done in the Premier League, because he wants to be there to feel it from the the other side of it as a as a fan. And 
yeah, you don't you only get that buzz from taking that next step and you know a- actually winning stuff. Did you goosebumps there, James? I was, <laughs> say, did, I was about to say, did you go the parade? Um, no, 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 I wasn't. No, no, I wasn't. I wasn't in Liverpool then. Was I at the parade? Yeah. No, I wasn't. No, I, I had to work, and being ever the professional, I didn't get the night off. Me. I was there as a. How old was I then? About. Younger than you were. Younger than you were. Yeah. <laughs> I was. I was in. Paris Airport, trying to get home. Trying to get, yeah, because <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd obviously been out there. So we yeah. all missed it. Yeah, well, well, I was there. Okay, it was yeah. good. Well, you didn't you know the game though, did you? There no. was that, that was the thing. That was, it, yeah. that, the rule was you either went to the match or you went to the parade. Yeah. There was very few people who were able to go to both of them simply because of the way the, the travel worked out. Now, James, you were doing a bit of work yesterday, weren't you? You spoke to Simon Mignolet and uh, an exclusive chat where he was quite forthright and quite honest, wasn't he, about Liverpool's goalkeeping situation? Where he basically said, "You know what? I can actually c- handle." Not handle, I think he can cope with being behind Alison Becker because he knows how good he is. Yeah, yeah, I think his, his exact quote was, it's easier to accept now than it was previously. Yeah, reading between the lines, what do you reckon he might be getting out of that? I think he's got a very, you know, he was far too professional and far too polite to, to be willing to expand further on that. So but, shall we expand so right he, now? Yeah, 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 I think, well, I think he's absolutely spot on. Yeah. I think when you look back to last season, I think, I think, he found it very, very tough to take being cast aside for for Loris Carrier. But we, we always we we always said that it was harsh that he seemed well. Obviously, Klopp had bought Carrier and obviously had a lot of faith in him. He always seemed to bring him back just at a time when Mignolet was playing quite well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, I, and, I, and I was actually thinking about it the other day when I, before I was interviewing him and thinking, I think it's one of the one of the few things in the last three and a half years that I think you could point to and say that Klopp didn't handle particularly well. The the goalkeeping situation last season because it was mad to think that for the first half of last season Mignolet was playing the Premier League games Carrius was playing the Champions League games and then you had that funny few weeks in January where you know they didn't know what was going on nobody really knew what was going on Klopp said that Mignolet needed a rest and obviously Mignolet was like well, you know, I'm a goalkeeper I don't need a rest you know I'm used to playing every game and then I think it was you know, just over a year ago when Man City came to Anfield and that was what turned out to be the kind of definitive day for Mignolet mm. in terms of you know he was expecting to get recalled for that game. He didn't, and, and hasn't played a um, a minute of Premier League football since. Um, but so he's just a he's just a thoroughly decent fella, Mignolet. And I think you know that his quotes underline that because you know he he was he's honest enough to put his hands up and say, well, do you know what? Yeah, I work with Alison Becker on a daily basis now, and he said, you know, he's absolutely top draw. So you know, and and I think you know you you can understand. You know, I think that's. You don't necessarily always get honesty when you interview a player, but you know he what was just in there, James. <laughs> just you know, probably the media's probably just as much to blame for that in terms of you know twirling people and stuff like that. So yeah, it, it makes well, them yeah. a, it makes them a little bit rest. Well, that's more your relationship so, with 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 Mister Mignolet. So yeah, yeah, you know, he's just you know, and and it was interesting to listen to him because he he said you know he'd be lying if he felt that it was exactly the same as it was before when you're not out there. You don't get the same buzz from winning, but that he knows he's got a part to play day in, day out by training as hard as he possibly can um, to try and bring the best out in, in Allison and bring the best out in his players. And, you know, he's a vastly experienced goalkeeper. You know, say what you like about him, about whether he was at the absolute level required for Liverpool to go to where they want to be. Um, but, you know, there aren't, I don't think there's any better backup keepers in the in the Premier League than, than Mignolet. And you know, chances are he won't play another minute of football for Liverpool again. I'd be surprised if he did. 
know, he said that you know he was gutted that Liverpool went out both domestic cups straight away because he knew that was likely to be his only football. But you never know, do you? What's around the corner? You know, a, you know, a, a red card or an injury for Allison, and suddenly, you know, he, he could he could have an unlikely part to play in this title race still. Let's talk about Leicester then, Ghosty. They're next up at Anfield on Wednesday. They're a very strange team, aren't they? I mean, they, they, they beat Chelsea, yeah. beat Man City, win at Everton, and then lose to Cardiff and lose to lose to Newport in the FA Cup. And then that crazy game against Wolves last time out, I think it was, where someone got it back to 3 all and then decided, I know what we'll do in injury time. We'll oh, just put yeah, everybody yeah. up front and then it's no wonder they conceded another goal. Yeah, I quite like Leicester, actually. I think they're probably the, the seventh best out of the, you know, the Premier League teams. Obviously, they had that incredible Premier League win. Was it 2016? That'll never ever be, never be seen again. And what a story that was! And I, I quite liked them. Um, they've got a few decent players. I like Vardy. He's clocking on a bit now, isn't he? But I think he's still a very good striker. The pool going to have to be wary of him on Wednesday night, particularly with the the pace on the counter attack that Leicester have. But as a team, I, I quite liked them. Yeah. Leicester's always a bit of a tough game, though, isn't it? Yeah, the away game was actually really tough. Um, Mane scored and then Firmino scored in the first half late on and then obviously Alisson had that mistake which sort of sent like the media wild of like you know, turn, yeah. Yeah. could he have uh, could this be it like you know have, have they bought a door dear? but no he, he's obviously a you are now part of the media by the way so. I know just, yeah. just saying you know get, like social media as well that's better like, yeah you know. okay good, good answer um, yeah. sorry so, you're alright um <laughs> So bullying the new arrival already. Oh, God. Oh, no. I'm sorry, yeah. Well, that's part of the team now. You have, you have to get <laughs> anyway. Stealing a dinner money next. <laughs> I remember that game and how I was there at the King Power. I remember how that was September. I remember how intense it sort of felt at the end. I remember Shakiri having the ball and taking it to the corner mm. and it being like, you know, if we get these three points, we could go on and get the next and the next. And you know, it felt like that feeling then. If we do this and we keep winning, keep winning. So I feel like every game's been intense and, you know, they gave us a great game. I remember Madison that day had a, had a really good game. Um, obviously, they got the goal for a mistake and, and put a bit of pressure on us towards the end. Um, I think Leicester always a tricky side to play and have been for a, a few seasons now since, obviously, they, they won the league. Um, and we have to be wary of Vardy, don't we? Because he is 32, but he's got a great record against us. He does, James. He scored seven goals against uh, Liverpool in the Premier League from, from eight appearances, but they've all come in his last five. He didn't actually play at the King Power in September because he was suspended because I think he was sent off against Wolves, I think, for, 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 for oh, a late yeah. challenge. Um, but only Andy Cole and Thierry Henry have scored more Premier League goals against Liverpool than, uh, than Jamie Vardy. Yeah, he has been a real thorn in the side in, in recent years when these two clubs have met and... Um, they are a, they are a dangerous opponent. I think they are they're they're a bit of an odd team, aren't they? Because they 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 lose against teams that you'd expect mm. them to beat, and mm. then suddenly seem to raise it against teams you'd expect them to maybe fall a bit short against, which would suggest that they'll be bang on it on on Wednesday night. And you know, like Gorsi said, like you feel like they are probably the seventh best team that are the best of the rest outside the top six, and yet Puel seems to be under like massive pressure there. And I look, I think they're only two points behind. Watford or something who are seventh. I think Leicester yeah, I think is a bit harsh. They must, they must just not like him or something. I know. I was saying yeah. that too. I mean, night, he isn't. He? To be fair, he's not exactly Mister Exciting, is he? He's, he's not. Yeah, he's not Mister Mister Charisma. Is, no. is he the Premier League's most boring manager? Yes. Yeah. Without. A, don't you really? Do you agree with Michael Silver's up there? 
couldn't possibly comment. No, I, don't, I don't think anyone comes close to... That was a good media answer for me, wasn't it? No comes close to Puel for just... Well, you've been to one of his press conferences. All his answers are like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't hear what he's saying. I remember, I'm pretty sure we have the same conversation. Every time he's the opposition manager at a press conference, say to you afterwards, I've come back from the mix zone, (laughs) is there anything from Puel worth writing up? No. No. (laughs) Not a single word. No, he just whispered into the microphone incoherently and then got off. And it was like, all right, fair enough. We won't bother turning around his quotes then. Um, But they have got some decent players. Um, But you don't really know what, what to expect from them because... But the fact that they've had some decent results against the top teams would would suggest it, it will be another another real battle. And because they're out the FA Cup, it also means that they've also had about a 10 or 11 day break. So they've had a lot of time to prepare for this game, same way Liverpool have. Yeah, and obviously they, they had those games where they'd done us a favour. They'd be, was it Chelsea and then City, like yeah. back yeah. to back. And their games, you look at them and go, and Chelsea going to beat Leicester, Manchester City going to beat Leicester. And then, you know, they, they've done us a favour there. So Liverpool now need to not... Let them do our opponents a, a favour. Right then, we shall finish them with our team for the game against Leicester. James, are we going to say Alison in goal? Yes. Yeah, we definitely were saying Alison in goal, yeah. Yeah. After that menu, like, <laughs> yeah, <I don't> <laughs> uh, Van Dyke and here we go then, centre back, because Lovren's back, Matip's available. <sighs> who are we saying? James, I'll ask you first. Tricky one, that. Not knowing. I thought you'd have just had an answer. Well, no. I'd, do you know what? I would probably. I know. I'll come back probably, to you. Come I know, back I'll, to stick you. With, I'll stick with Matip. Stick, stick, stick with Matip and Van Dyke. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sticking with Matip. Yeah, I like Matip. I'll go with Lovren then, just to be awkward. Uh, Robertson. Yes. Left back. Yeah. Now right back. Now this well, that, is the one. Yeah. We know. We know Milner's out, suspended. Yeah. We, we know Trent's not playing as well. Yeah. Gomez is also out. Yeah. So you're then left with Fabinho if he's fit. Uh, Rafa Camacho. Jordan Henderson right back. Anybody going for that one? Juan Alden right back. Well, Firmino think, right back. He played there against Palace for about two minutes. Yeah. No, I, I, I think <laughs> if he's fit, then it'll be Fabino mm. without a shadow of a doubt. But you know, he, he hasn't, to my knowledge, what was this? They haven't trained yet today, Monday. But until now, I don't think he's trained fully. Mm. Um, I think Klopp said on Friday he was ill, and obviously he went off with that tight hamstring against Palace. Um, so yeah, I think it's crucial that Liverpool get him, get him right. If he's not 100, percent then I think Klopp will put his faith in Rafa Camacho, and it'll be another massive day for that the uh, the Portuguese teenager. Are we worried about putting Camacho in, Gorsty? Given the fact he's already had the biggest moment of his entire career, according to Jurgen Klopp, by taking the ball off Wilfred Zaha's foot. Yeah, there's not not many more intimidating players to come up against is there in the Premier League than Wilfred Zaha. It's a, it's an interesting one because Leicester will rely on pace on the break, won't he, with maybe Damari Gray on, on that left-hand side. If Fabinho's fit, then he he goes in there, but then you've got a midfield issue because you've only got Henderson and Wijnaldum. Milner's obviously suspended. Shaqiri, maybe. It's it's a tough one, isn't it? Like For for, for months and months, Liverpool's team's just been the, the same one every week if everyone's fit, but now it's, it's a little bit of a dilemma for Klopp. Um I'd be, I'd be more inclined to go with Fabinho right back. Kiva? I think, yeah, obviously Fabinho's OK. He plays right back, but I do always like to see a youngster play. I mean, and this defence is strong enough and capable enough to let, you know, a young player come aboard and everything be OK and still, you know, possibly get a clean cheese. That would be the hope, wouldn't it? But, yeah, um, Fabinho, obviously, and then Camacho. be a great day for the lad, wouldn't it? 
So we're saying Alison Robertson, Matip, Van Dijk and Camacho. Midfield, Henderson, Wijnaldum, presumably. Yeah. yeah. Then what about the third midfielder? Because you're going to go with the front three as per normal. I, I think I'd go 4-2-3-1 and play Shakiri in the, the front three. No room for Lallana? No. No. Shorter, shorter match fitness, isn't he? Well, he's got to get it sometime. No, but I just think there's better players ahead of him at the moment. Yeah, I agree. I think it's a, it's a toss-up between Cater and... Um, Cater? Forgot about him. <laughs> yeah, well, I didn't... Yeah, to be honest, I didn't consider him just because I thought he was that bad against, against Palace. Cater <laughs> or Shaqiri for me in, in the, that third man midfield. Well, which one? Shaqiri. I'm Shaqiri as well. Shaqiri. Yeah, I think we'll go with that as well. So we've got our team there. Final thing, James, prediction for Wednesday? Um, I will say Leicester are going to score, but I think it's Leicester just now. 3 1 to Liverpool, I'm going for. 2 1 Liverpool. I think it'll be tense and tight. 2 1. Liverpool. And on that bombshell, we shall finish. Join us later this week where we'll look back at Liverpool against Leicester and look ahead to Liverpool's next game, which I'm buying time for. It's West Ham. West Ham away on the Monday. <laughs> Cheerio. You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.